we all have different pictures of prayer, don't we? We all have different pictures of what it means to come before the living God. Our families may have shaped it. Our upbringing, our church background may have shaped it. And in so many ways, I think that we don't really understand how much the living God just wants us to talk to him. He wants us to give voice to the depth of what's going on in our heart, the fear that we have about the world around us, the concerns that we have about our children and our future and our jobs, all the things that are heavy on our hearts. He desires that we just give voice to those fears, to those concerns, to those things that we have where we desperately need him. And I think the problem is is that sometimes we have in our minds the type of voice that we need to come to God with. I put out on social media a couple weeks ago, what questions do you have about prayer? And um, Jesus, our Spanish leader, who's right down here to my right, he he said, my question is, is why do we change our voice when we pray? (laughs) And we do, don't we, Jesus? We do. We feel like we have to come to God, and for us guys, we get deeper in our voice, and we have to like approach him in this certain way, and for some of you, it may be some position, or it might be some formality that you're used to. I think we all may have, if we have church backgrounds, we may have learned something of this, and those things aren't wrong. We all have different voices. When I'm disciplining my children, my voice is different than when I'm talking to them about the great things they've done. (laughs) It's true that we have different voices in different environments, but I want you to hear today, whether you're watching online or whether you're here in the house, that your God, the living God, the God of salvation, the God of creation, the God that even knows the future as desperate as we may think it is, and it is, he wants you to talk to him, to just talk to him, to just talk to him like you would a father or a friend, just like you would to someone that you love, that you care for. He just wants to hear from you. If you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to turn to Matthew chapter 5 this morning. We're not in a series, we're, we're having a series of what we call standalone messages, and I want to thank so much Matt Sadell for talking to us last week about connection in the church, and it's so vitally important that we learn what it means to connect with each other. In terms of our faith walk, it's vital But there's also something that's vital, and that is is that we learn to connect with the one that we so desperately need. I really had a sense as we rounded the corner in 2020 and thought, my goodness, as I reflect on 2020, it has been a, a ridiculously difficult year. 
I was just talking with someone about a, a year ago. Think about where we were a year ago. I mean, the world has drastically changed. In uh, those last days of December, I felt like God was calling me and calling us as a church and me as your leader and your pastor saying, hey, we need to get on our knees like no other time in our lives because the past has been so difficult. Maybe 2021 will be better. Wow. (laughs) I'm glad God called us to pray, church. And the word that I sensed in those closing days of 2020 was how desperate I am, how desperate we are for him. And this crosses from our personal lives and it extends out into what we're dealing with COVID and what's going on uh, in, in politics and the unrest that we see across the spectrum. We need him. Like a child who, who, who's been lost. Do you remember that time? We've, we've all been there. For me, it was, I think the first time I remember it, it was in a mall. And, and I got kind of misplaced from, from my, my mom and dad. And I, I went up and tugged, uh, you know, uh, the, the pant leg uh, of, of who I thought was my dad. And I looked up and it wasn't him. <laughs> That's even more terrifying. <laughs> I think that sometimes... We approach God kind of like that moment in time when we've been lost and we tug the pant leg of someone and it's not our dad. And we're scared. We don't know what to do. And even those of you who have been Christ followers for a long time, you may be stuck in your prayer life. You may be at the point where you need a freshness, maybe a reset a simplicity, because right now, more than any other time, it is so vitally important that we who are Jesus followers, who are called God's people, understand what it means to just go to him with our arms lifted up. Daddy, Daddy, I need help. I need you. And Jesus pressed a reset with his followers When he's preaching the Sermon on the Mount, which is this amazing, um, exhaustive message that he gives about how to to live our lives in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And right in the midst of this, we see Matthew's record of the Lord's Prayer, which the church has taken. And we pulled it apart and we made it into something formal, which has its place. But I want you to see that when Jesus was talking to his disciples about how to pray, he he was talking to them about how to, to just come to him and talk to him. He wasn't trying to make it more complex or more complicated. He was actually trying to do just the opposite. He says this in Matthew 6, 5 through 13. He says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Jesus, if he were on Hilton Head today, would say, the hypocrites, these religious leaders, like to stand over in front of sea pines in the middle of July and get the biggest crowd and gather the most people, 
And they want to hear how intelligent and how smart. They want people to hear how impressed they are with their prayers. He says, don't be like that. I love what he says here. He says, truly, I say to you that they have received their reward. That's it. It's just words. Anyone who's impressed with that, the fact that someone was impressed is, is it. It's, it's phony. It's meaningless. It's not heartfelt. He says, but when you pray, go into your room. The word room there literally means closet. And shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, he says, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Jesus is saying, don't do it in public so that people will be impressed. Don't do it ever because you have all of these words. You have many words. It's like the, the time you're at dinner and someone is asked to pray. Maybe it's a father or a grandfather, or maybe even somebody younger, and they start praying and you're like, man, it is, the, the food's going to be cold. By the time they're done, it's going to be cold because <laughs> they have a lot to say in the prayer. <laughs> I see some of you looking at each other right now. That's pretty funny. I like that. He says this, look at verse 8. Don't be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. I want you to picture right now your greatest need. If you're at home, I want you to picture your greatest need. If you're here in the house, I want you to picture the thing that's heaviest on your heart, the thing that you're most desperate right now for God. It might be something personal. It might be something that is huge. It might be something that you're concerned about that you see in our time, in our age. It might be something related to COVID. I want you to think about that. And I want you to think that your Father knows what you need before you ask. Do you realize that at this point in Jesus' teaching to his disciples about prayer, he's not even gotten to the part that we know? This is just the preamble to the Lord's Prayer. And he's taught us so much about how to approach him in just a short period of time. But he goes on, and he says, pray like this. And this is a part that we know well. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he says, give us this day our daily bread. It's only until we get to halfway through that we see him instructing us to ask him for something. Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I want this morning to, to, to do something that maybe some of you are incredibly familiar with. And if you are, I hope that this will serve as, as a reminder 
and maybe an encouragement to keep on doing it. But I also want to want to do something this morning that, that some of you, because you may be stuck in terms of how to approach God, or maybe you might, might be so incredibly fearful of the world and what's going on that right now it's just very difficult, or maybe um, you've overcomplicated it, which is really easy and natural to do, or maybe because of your background, you've never really prayed this way. And I want to walk through a, a, a kind of a, a plan that we can um, use to pray these different things. Now, um, I think that sometimes what we do is we overcomplicate prayer. Richard Foster, one of my favorite authors, wrote The Celebration of Discipline. He also wrote a book called um, Prayer, Finding the Heart's True Home. And in it, he breaks down prayer and talks about the simplicity of prayer and how we can and should approach God with simplicity. He says this, he says, um, God receives us, I want you to hear this for a moment. He writes this in this book. He says, God receives us just as we are. I want you to hear that again. God receives us just as we are. And accepts our prayers just as they are. He had previously talked about how our motives are not always pure when we approach God, and God's okay with that. God's okay with that. He says, in the same way that a small child cannot draw a bad picture, so a child of God cannot offer a bad prayer. Man, maybe some of you need to hear that. Just like a child can't draw a bad picture, we, as his children, cannot offer a bad prayer. So we're brought to the most basic, the most primary of prayer, simple prayer. He says, in simple prayer, we bring ourselves before God just as we are, warts and all. I love it that a scholar like Richard Foster put the word warts in a book that he wrote like 20 years ago. It says, like children before a loving father, we open our hearts and make our requests. We do not try to sort things out, the good from the bad. We simply and unpretentiously share our concerns and make our petitions. We tell God, for example, how frustrated we are with the coworker at the office or the neighbor down the street. We ask for food, favorable weather, uh, weather and good health. Sometimes we think that we have to come to God in a certain way and use certain words and have a certain voice. And church, I want you to hear today, once again, that he just wants to hear from you. He just wants to hear from you. We make prayer complicated. We make it awkward. And we make it overly scheduled. Some of you are like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. That's not what I heard growing up. I'm going to come back to that in a moment. I believe what God wants from us is for our prayers to be simple and natural and spontaneous. The Apostle Paul, in his letter to the Thessalonians, says that we should continually pray. And when he says that, what his desire is, what God's desire is, is that we live lives of prayer, not just lives 
that include prayer. That yes, there are times that we stop to pray, but God's desire is that you and I, that we live lives, that as we're living our lives, we are constantly praying. That we are constantly talking to the living God, the God that we are so desperate for, the God that we so need The God that wants to hear from you. The problem is is that we want that life of ceaseless prayer, that, that lifestyle of prayer rather than a life that includes prayer, you know, occasionally. We want that and we desire that. The problem is is that we don't practice it. And so... We expect to have something in public and throughout our lives that we don't practice in private with God. And today, I want to give you a simple way that you and I can practice approaching God the Father. As my friend Stan, the pastor of the Gallery Church in New York City says, this is how we should approach Daddy. Don't you love that? Don't you love that? That's what he wants from us. He wants us to come to him like children. Raise our hands up and say, Daddy, Daddy. Years ago, as as a teenager, um, when I was really growing in my faith um, and heading towards college, I don't even know who it was, but someone shared this this pattern of prayer that I want to share with you today. But we're going to do something different today. As I walk through each of these four parts of a simple prayer, that if practiced in private, we will live lives of continually doing this, um, I'm going to give you the opportunity, and I'm going to direct you to practice this. Because we need practice talking to God so that it becomes more natural. That's the key. Is the more that we do this in private, the more that we do this during a regular time with him, you know, maybe it's for five minutes in the morning, or for those of you who are not morning people, you're like, it's got to be in the night, five minutes at night, or, or half an hour, or maybe it grows from five to 10 to 15, and then all of a sudden, you've been practicing this in private, and all of a sudden, you're just living your life walking through something like this ACTS model of prayer. It's an acronym, and I want to walk through this this morning. And as we do, I'm going to give you the opportunity um, to practice this very simple way of praying. I'm the kind of person that, like, if it gets too complicated, I'm probably not going to, probably not going to go to it. And all through the years, I could remember this very easy word, Acts, just like the book of Acts in the Bible. And it stands for these four words, the Acts Prayer Guide is adoration, we're going to talk about each of these in a moment, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Now that word's a little bit more difficult to remember, but I'll talk about it in a moment. I think it'll make sense. So I'm going to prompt you here in a moment as I talk about each of these words, and I want to give you the opportunity to, whether you're at home or or even here in this room, to give voice to each of these four elements 
approaching God. Man, when I'm stuck in my prayer life, I go to this. When I'm struggling in my prayer life, I go to this. As I'm talking to God throughout the day, this is something that I think about. And it begins with adoration. Adoration. Adoration is simply giving God praise for who he is. Giving God praise for who he is. Think of his attributes for a moment. Think of his character. Think of all that God is, his his greatness and his splendor. There's no mistake that Jesus, when he was teaching his disciples to pray, began this way in Matthew 6 or verse 9. It's the first element that he gives them. And he says, pray like this, pray like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And that word hallowed is just a, it's a larger word that means holy. <laughs> we, we see in Revelation that the, um, that the angels are crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And church, we can be a part of that. When we adore him, here's what happens. When we pause for a moment and when we adore God, you know what it does? kind of resets everything in our lives. When we stop and we give God praise, man, it aligns our heart with his. You know, I got I to gotta be honest with you. So many times when I've got this like thing that I'm worried about or this issue that I'm upset about or I'm ticked off probably at Cynthia. Sorry, honey, it's true. She's in the back. Or if I've been discouraged because of something that's happening in the world. So many times when I just stop and give God praise um, and my heart begins to align with his the, the worry that I have the frustration that I may be feeling the anger that I might have the worry all of a sudden I, I don't even need to give it to God anymore because he's taking care of it because my heart aligns with his the psalmist in Psalm 145 verses 1 and 2 says I will extol you that's a word that means give praise I will extol you, my God and King. Remember, remember, he is our King. And bless your name forever and ever, every day. I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. So right now, I want to give you just a moment as Ron plays And I want you to to fill in the blank. I want you to to take this phrase and I want you to give voice to giving God praise. Not for what he's done. We're going to get to that in a second. But for who he is. I want you to say this, whether you want to say it in quiet or if you want to say it out loud, you can have the freedom even in this house to do that. If you're at home, you can put down the waffle and the coffee and you can give voice to this. God, I praise you because you are. I want you to give God praise 
for some aspect of his character or what he is. Just take a moment and think about that and give God praise, whether silently or verbally right now. God, I praise you because you are in control. You are sovereign. We give you praise this morning because you are good. You are so great. Amen. The next of the acrostic is the C, and this is the tough part. This is the hard part. This is the part that most of the time we just want to fast forward through. It's confession. Confession. See, once our heart is aligned with him, um, that's, that's when he's going to begin to reveal things in our lives. Thoughts that we've had. Motives that we've carried with us. Sin that we just can't seem to escape. That's when he's going to reveal those things that we need to confess to him. Confession is an interesting thing because it's us admitting what God already knows. Think about that for a moment. It's us acknowledging with him. It's us being honest with him. Once again, like a child is with mother or father. So confession is admitting where you've fallen short of God's standards. So there's points in time when you willfully or by mistake fall short. In fact, that's what in Romans the word sin means. It's like an arrow that is shot from a bow that falls short of its target. That's literally what it means. And we do that all the time. But here's the great thing. And this is the reason why we shouldn't fast forward forgiveness or, or, or a, a confession uh, is because we have already been forgiven from those things that we're about ready to confess to God. He already knows it. He loves us anyway, and he's forgiven us anyway. But it's the process of coming to him and being honest with him about what's gone on. If you're a parent, you understand this because you might see your child do something that's wrong. You might see them hide the thing that they want to keep from you and they think they've gotten away with it. We've all been there, haven't we? As kids, as parents, we hide that thing that we think no one else saw, but it's in the confession that we receive freedom. We receive freedom. And Jesus, in teaching his disciples how to pray in verse 12, he says, forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. In Matthew 6, verse 12. 
forgive us our debts. That's the admission. That's the, the, the confession that we have fallen short, that we have not met his standard. And that's the whole reason why God sent Jesus in the first place. That's the gospel story. That's salvation. Even more of a reason why we can come to him and confess. David understood confession. King David, didn't he? If you know his story, he's a man after God's own heart. A great man of God. But he failed God, didn't he? Multiple times, in multiple ways. And I love Psalm 51. We're not going to look at it today, but that's when he pours his heart out to God. When he's confronted with his sin, with his great sin. But he also talks about it in Psalm 32, verse 5. I love this. I acknowledge my sin to you. I acknowledge my sin to you. How simple is that? I acknowledge my sin to you. And I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. And this morning, this morning, I want you to just take a moment, just quietly before God, you and God, just fill in this blank. God, I admit that I have not met your standard because of whatever that thing is. Just take a moment in the quietness and the stillness of this moment and just give that to God. Knowing that he's already forgiven it, just admit it to him. God, I admit that I have not met your standard because I have doubted you. Thank you, Father, for forgiving us of our sins. Thank you, God, that what you did on the cross was complete and it was total and it was full. In Jesus' name, amen. The third letter's T. This is, this is the fun part. This is thanksgiving. This is not giving God praise for who he is, but this is God giving praise for what he's done and for us acknowledging that he is the giver of life and he's the giver of all things. And church, I think it's one of the things that we most often miss, is that he is a great provider. That every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above Everything that you've earned, everything that you have, every accomplishment that you have been given is from him. It's from him. He's given you the opportunity to do those things. The people who are sitting next to you, friends, family, loved ones, he's given you them. And thanksgiving is acknowledging and expressing thanks to God for what he's done when Jesus says in Matthew 6, verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, there's an element there of recognizing that everything is God's, isn't there? 
I, I want you guys to, to, to read that verse again for a moment because in, in our present time with all that's going on in the world and some of the fear and anxiety that many of you have expressed to me that you have, and I'm right there with you, um, that he is our king and it's his kingdom that we're about. I want you to see this again. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That gives us the eternal perspective, but it also helps us to realize that he is in control and that everything comes from him. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. And so I want you to think of one thing right now that you're thankful for and give voice to that to God right now. God, I thank you for what you did by this act or providing this thing. Take a moment and give voice to what you're thankful for today. God, I thank you for what you did by giving me my family. God, I thank you for what you did by giving us salvation. Thank you for what you have done in Jesus' name. Amen. The last one of these is S, supplication. It's a big word. And it basically means just making our request known to God. I want you to think about the order here. It's important. It comes last. How many of you go to God most of the time and just start right here? I'm going to raise my hand. I do. I start right there. God, I need you to come through in this situation. <laughs> what haven't I done? I haven't gotten my heart lined up with his. I haven't confessed to him where I've fallen short. I haven't given him thanks for what he's done. And I'm telling you that most of the time, once I get to this point, once I truly, once I truly adore him and confess to him and give him thanks, I'm like, wow, I'm not sure if my need was such a need. It's a little bit more of a want, a desire. But maybe it is a need, and we all have needs, and we all need him. And it's our complete reliance on God to supply for our every need that we're admitting and asking for him to supply. And Jesus, in that Lord's Prayer, says in verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. It's an admission that he's the one that it comes from. And then in verse 13, he's, it says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And even in that, there's a supplication. There's a request. Help, help me. Help us. 
to not be delivered into evil. And the psalmist in Psalm 86, verses 6 through 7 says, Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer. Listen to my plea for grace. In the day of my trouble, I call upon you, for you answer me. Church, are we in a day of trouble? Absolutely, we are. We're in a season of trouble. We're in a year of trouble. We're in a world of trouble. (laughs) But we were a year ago. We were two years ago. We were 10 years ago. (laughs) And it's in that supplication that we also recognize that he provides for every single need that we have. And so I want to encourage you to pray this prayer the prayer of supplication. God, I am asking for you to supply me with whatever that is. Pray that right now. Give voice to that to your God today. The thing that's heaviest on your heart that is your greatest need. God, I'm asking for you to supply me with the faith that is needed to not doubt you in the trouble. God, I am asking for you to supply us, your church, with what is needed to continue to fulfill our mission. Father, I thank you that we've had this time to adore you and to confess to you, and to give thanks to you, and to come to you with our supplication, our greatest need. Father, I pray that you would help us, that you would help us to use this for your good and for your glory. Amen. I want to encourage you who are part of Hilton Head Island Community Church to continue to make January, we're only halfway through this month. A lot has happened in 16, 17 days. We need to still continue to be on our knees seeking his face. And I wanted to break this down for you today because what we do in private makes a difference as we're living our lives. If we are people who practice this Acts-style prayer, this Acts-type prayer, then we will be the type of people who live lives of prayer. Not just lives that include prayer. My spiritual dad, Jeff, Uh, Cranston, who's the pastor of Lowcountry Community Church, once said to me years and years ago, he said, Todd, I I want you to get into the concept of continual prayer and just talking to God all the time. Pretend like he's always there, because guess what? He is always there. And while there's great conviction in that, there's also great comfort in that, isn't there, church? I want us to be the people We're continually praying. We're going to practice this again in a few weeks. We are going to be doing a 24-hour prayer time coming up on Monday, January 25th through Tuesday, January 26th. It's going to be a combination of in-person and uh, and on Zoom. It's going to take place for 24 hours. We're going to cover a day in prayer. Um, Our pastors and elders have all, we're taking different times. We're taking different hours 
Um, we will lead you through that, whether you join on Zoom or whether you're in person over in the community center. Don't worry, those late nighttime hours, we're just doing Zoom, okay? But I want to encourage you, whether you're at home or whether you're here, to join in and sign up for an hour or maybe two or throughout the day at different times so that we as a church are praying together. Join us. It's amazing what God will do in and through us when we pray. He will hear our prayer. (laughs) Uh, He will hear our cry. He will forgive us and he will heal our land. He can do that. And I want you to remember that Philippians, Paul, in his letter to the church in Philippi, and I'm going to end with this. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. He also says, Mark records Jesus' words, therefore I tell you what you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it. And it will be yours. See, the practice of prayer is a powerful thing. We don't need to discount it in our lives. Let's be people who live lives of prayer. Not just lives that include prayer. Father, I thank you for today. My prayer in the strong name of Jesus is that if there's anyone who is listening If there's anyone who's here in this room, anyone who's been watching online who heard this and they've been stuck in their prayer life, maybe they've been at a dead end or maybe they feel like their prayers are continually hitting the ceiling. Father, I pray that this simple act of acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication will help us and spur us on to live lives of prayer. God, help us to be in that mode, in that sense, acting like you are always with us, pretending like you're always there because, God, you are. Daddy, we thank you so much that you want to hear what we have to say. You want us to cry out to you in our desperation and in our need, and you will take us exactly as we are at any time, in any condition, with any concern. Thank you, Father, so much. Thank you, Daddy, for hearing our prayer. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen.